Jesus wants you back. You're like, well, John, I didn't go anywhere. Well, we'll talk about that and see. It's, it's Maybe it's not that you went somewhere. Maybe it's you haven't gone where you could possibly go. Think about that. But it, on the back of your notes, you'll see, or on the back of your bulletin, you'll see the notes. And we're talking about watering this topic, watering your roots. Let me tell you where this came from. I read a book recently. Uh, let me pause for a moment. Am I going to have a clock on that on that screen? Can somebody tell me yes, please? Because if I don't have a clock, y'all might be here a while. Just note to self. I read a book recently called The Bait of Satan, and the author's main objective was to challenge us as readers of what the possibility is if we allow wrong things to take root in our hearts, such as offense, when we get offended, what that might could lead to if we don't deal with that. It could lead to bitterness. It could lead to all kinds of different things. So when I read that, and he, he pointed us uh, to a verse in Hebrews challenging us about the root of bitterness, that, that thought about roots just stuck with me. And God just kept affirming in different conversations I've had with uh, different people in the last couple of weeks that this was where we were to go today. And talking about watering your roots, what in the world does that mean? Well, we're going to answer three questions to help us with that. And I've got some stuff up here visually to sort of hope it, hope it sticks with you after you leave today. And the, again, the challenge is Jesus wants you back. What does Jesus want us to do? So we're going to start with question one. Y'all ready? Okay, well, some of you are. Uh, we're we're going to come up here and we're going to answer the first question, which is what, excuse me, how's my hydrating? But before we do that, I want to share with you some thoughts that I got from watching a, a YouTube video about gardening. Do we have any gardeners in the room? Plant lovers, flower people. Okay. A few, not a lot. So most of you are like me. You probably kill everything. I don't even bother anymore. I stopped a long time ago and this short little clip, we're not going to watch it. I'm just going to tell you what he, what he taught, in it, which was very easy to understand. And first of all, I want you to see what he said a healthy root system looks like up on the screen. You'll see this first picture. And when you look at that pot, you'll see several things, three things. You, what color are those roots? They're white. A healthy root system has as white of a root as possible. So you see that there. And then you see that there's roots all throughout the pot, right? There's some in the bottom, at the top, in the middle. They're all throughout it. That means it's healthy. The, other, the third thing is you see there, it says root hairs. He described that. You see those sm sort of smaller ones that are still sort of reaching out and, and developing and having growth potential there. Those three things indicate that that pot is healthy. What we tend to do is mess up when we hydrate our pots, so let's look at what he said about what that looks like. The first one is overwatering. When you overwater your plant, you, what happened? Well, we don't have roots at the bottom anymore. You see that? The roots are gone toward the bottom, and it's because it's like you're waterboarding your plant. You're just putting too much in there, and it can't take all of it. So the challenge there is that the roots don't have a chance to grow deep. We're going to have some spiritual application here in just a second. Y'all could probably sort of guess what that one means right there. But when you're overwatering, you have that problem that there's more roots at the bottom. And another thought about uh, overwatering on the next slide is that, I mentioned this, but there's stifled root development. There's not much chance for growth to happen there. So that's overwatering. That's problem number one. Problem number two is underwatering, the opposite of that. 
Underwatering means that the, you see, those, those roots aren't as white as they were in the first picture, right? They're almost a little brown, maybe uh, turning yellow. So you have dead, actually dead root matter at the top. Why? Because it's thirsty. I went and bought these plants yesterday at Walmart. And yeah, Walmart, I almost, when I walked in, it's like, I'm going to take a There was a guy actually hydrating the plants. I'm like, ooh, I should take a picture of him. I, I figured he wouldn't quite understand what was going on there. So I didn't do that. Uh, this plant right here seemed a little dry. And I thought, hmm, he didn't get to that one yet. And the challenge when you have, stay on that one, go back. When you, sorry, didn't mean to be bossy. Uh, but the challenge there is that the roots, obviously they, they have no chance to survive because there's not enough consistency and depth there because it's lack of, of watering. So the third one, uh, you got a real quick look at it. Now let's go there. Inconsistent watering. Inconsistent watering uh, obviously means that it's not on a regular basis. It's not happening enough. It's not over. It's not under. It's just inconsistent. And what happens here is you have healthy roots, but they're only in the middle. They're not in the top. They're not in the bottom. So it has a chance to survive, but it's sort of, someone mentioned this to me th this morning about how life feels to them right now. It's a couple of steps forward and, and then maybe a couple back and you're just back and forth. No chance for real development there. So these are the three problems that he pointed out that we have potentially, if we don't hydrate the roots well in our pot. What does this mean for us spiritually? In answering the question, how's my hydrating, let's use those three things and see what happens to us if we don't hydrate well. Here's the first one on your sheet. Underwatering leads to spiritual unstableness. Think back what underwatering looked like. The roots were not wide anymore. He mentions in the video that the roots actually become brittle. So if I'm underwater, what does that even mean? I'm underwatering. Well, if you're here this morning and uh, you, you may not really have a routine of coming to church every week, probably you're underwatering your root system, your spiritual roots. If you, uh, let's say, maybe you pick up your Bible once or twice a week, it's, you're underwatering. You follow me? Yeah, yeah. This side, you follow me? Okay, so you're underwatering, which leads to unstableness in your spiritual life. So James talks about this. He says that, you know, the unstable man just sort of blows with the wind and goes wherever. If we're not watering enough, this is what's possible. The second one, overwatering. Overwatering leads to spiritual shallowness. Now, you might think, well, John, I don't know that it's possible to overwater yourself spiritually. Here's a thought. What if all you do is intake, 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 but it never changes you? Like you could watch every preacher that's on 24-7 on TV, on cable, and all over the world, but if it's just noise, if it's just to make you feel like you're, you're getting intake, but it doesn't change you, then you're spiritually shallow. Yes? So there's a second challenge with, uh, that we want to avoid Maybe a thought there about how do I avoid that is don't take so much in. Make sure you're meditating on it, that it actually leads to conversation with you and God, that it leads to change, that it leads to development. Here's the third one. Inconsistent watering leads to spiritual imbalance. Remember the picture of that pot? The development of the roots was only in the middle. It wasn't in the top. It wasn't in the bottom. I know I'm throwing a lot at you this morning. 
I'm just pause. There's going to be a lot coming at you. Take what Velcro sticks and, you know, move on. But not that y'all wore Velcro today, but you followed the thought. Inconsistent water leads to spiritual imbalance. Maybe you go through a season where you're all about it and you and God are, are just moving along quite well. And then suddenly there's a season that is gone. That's imbalance. We want to be after, Jesus wants us to be after consistent quality watering to our health system, our root system. Now, what does that look like? Look at this verse from Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 23, he says, Jesus said this. Then he said to them all, if anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross, what's the next word? Daily and follow me. It's not take up the cross whenever you want. It's not take up the cross when it's convenient. It's not take up the cross every other day, once a month. Take up your cross daily. So to answer the question of how to hydrate so that my spiritual roots have a chance to survive is that it needs consistency and not based on me, based on my relationship with God. That may look different. Some of you... The best way for you to develop your spiritual roots is through prayer because that's a passionate spiritual discipline for you. Then be about it. Some of you, it's more about scripture reading or being in a Bible study. Whatever it is, do it consistently to where God has a chance to help you keep your root system healthy. That's question one. How's my hydrating? Uh, I watched, uh, he's not here this morning, so I can pick on him. Y'all can tell him later. Uh, our new maintenance supervisor, Patrick, he, he was out in the yard for like seven hours Thursday. I'm like, dude, you go die. It's hot out here. Same thing with our spiritual lives. We could be out in the world, get all messed up with those worldviews that Pastor Allen talked about a couple weeks ago and, and get away from the truth, get away from my connection with God and my roots start turning brown. My roots get brittle. And I'm subject to what Satan wants to throw at me. Watering your roots includes making sure you're hydrating well. Now, let's go to the second question. Before we do that, I'd like for you to stand. And let's read some verses from Psalm chapter 1. Y'all need a break. Uh, let's stand together, and we're going to read Psalm chapter 1, the first three verses. We're going to do this together. Before we do, let me just tell you what he's describing here in this chapter, in these first three verses. He's describing basically what it means to be happy. How do you get blessed? How do you live a life that it's clear your root system is healthy? So let's read these three verses together. You ready? I keep asking that, and, and it just keeps getting lower and lower. All right, let's just do it. Here we go. How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. You can be seated. If you can go back and have those verses back up for me, and let's look at that last verse. He is like a tree planted beside, what does it say? Flowing streams. And that tree, according to that verse, 
bears its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. So the second question on your sheet is, how's my infusing? Now, what in the world is that? As I thought about the importance of making sure we're hydrating our spiritual roots correctly, I thought, and, you know, God and I were talking, and he probably told me this, not I came up with it, but uh, it's important that I, I challenge myself, what is it I'm hydrating myself with? Is it just water? Is there maybe something I should infuse in my water? How many of you drink infused fruit drinks or infused fruit drinks? Okay, not as many. So I looked this up and I did some research. Uh, I had heard a little bit of this. I had tried one. And I want to show you, interestingly enough, that they're not all the same. Here's one from Dasani. Dasani has a strawberry-flavored water. And I want you to look at the ingredients. It says water, citric acid, natural flavors, potassium sorbate, potassium benzoate, blah, 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 blah. At the bottom, this product includes ingredients sourced from genetically engineered crops commonly known as GMO. You may have heard of GMO. Now, is this a bad product? No, it's not a bad product. It's just some people would tell you, stay away from the GMOs. And that would be these people who do this one. This one's called Hint. I bought me a bottle this week because I wanted to see if, it, if I liked it. It was okay. It wasn't amazing. But here is Hint's ingredients. Purified water, in this case watermelon, and other natural flavors from non-GMO plants. Hint of vegan, now Hint is vegan and free of calories, MSG, nuts, peanuts, soil, gluten, and preservatives. So this, quote unquote, would be the better product. I'm not, I didn't get any money for saying that. Uh, but interesting about this, infu- this idea of infusing something into my water. So I have three co- uh, containers of liquid up here, and I want to share some thoughts about infusion with you and answer this question of, is there more than just water in my spiritual hydration that I, I need to be after? I'm going to suggest that there is. This bottle right here, two liter. If you've been to lunch with me ever, you probably know what's in here. Anybody want to make a guess? Root beer. Ding, ding, ding. You are the winner. This is my favorite drink. That's unhealthy and no one, usually I don't care. This is what I drink when I, when I don't care. If I care, I go by hint. No, that's, that's not true. I want to suggest to you that this bottle illustrates how you were born spiritually. You were born, you and your connection to God, the only connection between you and God at that point was he was your creator. That's it. This look compared to this look, it's quite different, isn't it? It's very different. This happened when I decided that I needed God to be more than just my creator, when I needed him to be my savior, when I needed him beyond any other possible drink, this is what happened when I said, you are God. I need you. I trust you. I confess my need for you. I believe in you. And this is what happened. You been there? This is a good place to be, amen? 
I'm going to suggest to you that that's a good place to be, but there's more. There's so much more. And if this is all you're experiencing as a believer, the question is, how's your infusing? When you go over here, you have the possibility to add, there's fruit up here, y'all may not can see it, but you have the possibility to add some fruit into this so you have infused fruit, which represents the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You are planted by streams of water that produce fruit that keep your leaf from withering. This is what it is. The fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 talks about love. Fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, gentleness, goodness. These strawberries smell good, by the way. And you, you add this by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit adds this into your life, and you no longer are just a person who decided, I need a Savior. You're asking him into your life and inviting him in to change you, to develop you, so that your roots just keep growing. Your roots keep developing, and you are no longer the same person. And it never stops. It should never stop. When it stops is when I'm over here and I, I have inconsistent watering or I'm underwatering and none of this is happening. And the life that's possible for me is not happening because I have not kept up infusing the Holy Spirit's power in my life. Look at your notes and let's get some answers of how do we do this? How do we infuse or what should we infuse into our water? Now, you could go look at Galatians 5 and see what Paul wrote there and, and do that. That's nothing wrong with that. Go, go for it. I'm giving you six streams, I'm calling them, based on that verse from Psalms, chapter 1. And let's talk about how these streams help us go beyond just being a believer, but being a spiritually infused believer. Isn't that what you want? Yes. So let's look at the first one, the stream of truth stream of truth, you got some verses there. I'm not going to read all those verses that are in your notes today, but I encourage you to go read them. In John 1, John, uh, Jesus says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He's speaking about himself. I need to be after what the truth is, who the truth is, so that I can be like Peter in John chapter 6 when uh, he was asked a question by Jesus, and, and Peter says, we know you have the words of eternal life. That truth needs to be constantly coming. Not, you see, they're not opinion about a culture, not indoctrination by somebody else's opinion. What does the word of God say? That's the truth that I need to keep streaming into my root system so that my spiritual life is as healthy as possible. Second stream of, that we need to infuse is the stream of generosity. In Romans 5, that's an awesome chapter. Go read it this afternoon. But Romans 5 is where you hear those familiar verses that Paul said, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The best example of generosity. He did this, changed me from the root beer life to this. I didn't even know I needed it. Even while I was a sinner, he did that. I need that stream of generosity. I need to remember that generosity so that I can give it to other people. That's infused living. 
When I'm generous with people that I, I naturally, on my own, may not be generous to. That's infusion. Not greed, not disrespect. Why? Because the, the, the second verses in Romans says that he came, Jesus says, I came for everybody. Doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't, doesn't matter what language you're, you speak. Jew, I didn't come just for the Jews. I came for the Gentiles. I came for everybody. If I infuse that into my life, whoo, that's going to change. That's going to change everything about me. And it's an infusion of generosity that I see all people the same and treat them all the same. The third one, the stream of grace. We sang about that this morning. Not one that I'm easily offended or that I pass judgment. One of grace. In Romans 5, Paul talks about that it doesn't, there's nothing that will keep God from giving you grace. There's no sin that is greater than God's grace. Amen? When I live in that, and that can be a challenge, when I live in that and remember the grace I've received, I can, I can flow that out. My roots and my fruit and my leaves are all showing grace. It's got to be infused in me first. And the verses there, or that verse from Hebrews 12 says, make sure that no one falls short of grace. And that doesn't necessarily mean fall short of God's grace, because that's, he, he gives it to everybody. I think that's really more of a personal challenge, that I'm not going to let Tom fall short of my grace. And there are times in our, y'all, let's be honest, there are times in our lives where there's people that we just don't want to give grace to. Yes? So that, that's, I'll go back to that book title, that's a bait of Satan getting in your heart, telling you don't extend grace to that person. They're not worthy of that. Well, that's a lie based on scripture, based on how God treats me. So I need to be able to give everybody grace. Let's look at the fourth stream. The fourth stream is a stream of hope. Stream of hope, uh, Genesis 28. That's an interesting chapter. That's Jacob's story. And basically, Jesus, or God told Jacob that he's going to finish what he started in him. And Jacob was a messed up dude. That, that guy was messed up. It didn't matter that he was messed up. God said, I'm not done with you. That brings you hope. And those verses from Philippians, Paul says the same thing. What God has started in you, he's going to do what? He's going to complete it. He's going to finish it. That should bring you tremendous hope. And you infuse that hope into your Christian walk. And then you're able to extend that hope to everybody else. No matter what's going on in their life, they have hope. Fifth stream, the stream of peace. Not one of division, not one of selfishness or going on your own, being a rogue. And Jesus said that I give you my peace. And that verse from Hebrews 12 says that without peace, no one sees God. Hmm. Think about that. If I don't have peace in my own heart, it's as if I'm putting up a blockade to where nobody can see the peace of God for me because I don't have it. I can't shine it. I can't share it. When I allow the Holy Spirit to infuse it into my heart, then they can see it. The peace of God needs to be in my heart so I can share it with all of those around me. The last one, the stream of humility. Stream of humility, not impatience, no, I know y'all just loved, let's pray for humbleness today. Let's pray for patience. Everybody says, don't do that because then, you know, like a storm comes. 
stream of humility. And all those chapters there from Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Romans is familiar language, figurative language, actually, where the writer is saying, reminding us that God is the potter and we are the clay. If you're the clay on the little wheel going around, you don't get to stand up and say, I'm done now. Thank you. I look good. I'm happy. Thank you. Nope. The potter gets to determine when he's done. You don't know what he's molding you into be. You don't know how long you're going to be on the wheel, right? So I have to infuse, and this one may be the toughest one, but I have to infuse into my heart the fruit of humility that it's all really, this root system isn't mine. It's not. It's God's. That changed here. How do I know that? Well, look at these verses from the book of John, chapter 15. I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Sorry. If you'll go to John 15. Look at these verses that Jesus talked about and where he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into fire, and they burn. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, you are hydrating well. Ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. It's almost like he's saying, if you don't do this, I'm not sure you're a disciple. You read that? You hear that? Take up your cross daily. That means go after grace, go after peace, go after humility. Get it in here so that what is hydrating your spiritual roots is beyond you, is supernatural, and you become a a follower of Christ that doesn't even look like what you used to look like even two years ago. So if this happened for you, this right here happened for you 45 years ago, Hopefully, you don't look the same. Yeah? Hopefully, you look different than even six months ago. You're like, John, you better bet. No. (laughs) In your heart, in your soul, are the roots still growing? Are they still developing? Are they throughout the entire pot? Are they white? So we're going to move to this third question. I sort of jumped ahead, but the third question is, how is my living? In your notes, you have these two statements that say this, living from my roots is to understand they aren't mine, they are God's. And I just read that in, in John 15. They are actually God's roots. The second question, you live well by committing to root work from the source of life. He gives you everything. We, we talked about that. He's, he's your creator. But God knows, even though I like root beer, from a spiritual perspective, I got to move on. I got to move on from this. Otherwise, this is all I got. If you walked in here this morning and you've not experienced this, please hear Jesus saying to you, there's more. I can give you living water. I am living water. You haven't experienced life yet, if this is still where you are. Live from 
commit to living from the source of life. Now, I've got some examples here of particular things in our culture that we could talk about. How does this help us live life? We could talk about all kinds of things. But first, I want you to watch a video. And this is a video by Torn Wells. Torn is some of you, we were playing his music as you walked in this morning. He's a Christian artist. And Torn is biracial. And he's going to talk about what that has meant for him growing up in church. So let's listen. Boy, did he say a lot of streams in there. He mentioned love. He mentioned several things that we could infuse into our hearts so that we do exactly what he said, that we look at everybody the same. Now, this is an issue in our country. Would you? That's just not rocket science. I don't even have to ask you if you agree. That's just the way it is. And when you look in our community, the challenge is, am I hydrating myself correctly so that I don't get caught up in that kind of thought that there's people who are different me and they don't deserve God's grace? That's crazy. That's crazy. And so that I infuse some of these fruits of the Spirit into my heart that keep me from going there, keep me from drinking the root beer. And what are some of those truths? Well, I'm going to say the first two under question two would help us the stream of truth, and the stream of generosity. That He just told us some truths from Scripture, not his opinion. They're from Scripture. And when you think about the stream of generosity, back to that thought that Jesus, he didn't say, I came just for these people. Nope. He came for all of us. If I'm going to live this out correctly, I'm going to, have, I'm going to infuse that into my life. So it doesn't matter who God sends in my path, I'm going to love them. I'm going to be generous to them. A second thought of a challenge in our culture today is represented by this picture here, identity. Identity is a hot topic, uh, particularly with two particular things. One is uh, gender identity and sexual identity. I'm going to suggest that if we infuse stream number three and stream number four into our life, we'll we'll better know how to walk this road. Now, I'm going to say this to anybody in the room who may feel like this is actually a thing that you're dealing with. I'm going to say to you what Jesus said. I'm not finished with you yet. I know you're wrestling. I know this may be hard. I know you have questions, but I'm not through with you. I don't reject you. I love you. If you have family members, coworkers, that this is a challenge for them, those are the words we have to infuse in our hearts so we can share that with them. Amen? So that stream of grace, that stream of hope needs to be what comes toward them. Not judgment, not opinion, not what I thought, when I, what I was told when I was growing up. What does God say to all people? His grace is for all people, and he, has, he offers hope to all people. And I'll, I'll go a little further than this. Identity goes beyond just those two topics. I could ask anybody to stand up in here and say, so what's your current identity crisis? It could be, I just retired, and I don't know what in the world to do with myself. It could be that I'm an empty nester, and I don't know what to do with myself. It could be I started college, and I don't know what to do. You know, You see? There's different stages in life where we are tempted to think my identity is based on some label. Because in America, we love labels. I just showed y'all some. 
you're an empty nester, you're a millennial, you're a Gen X, you're a retiree, you're blah, 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 blah. No, you're a child of God. Done. If you're here, you are a child of God, and your identity can get stronger that you are a supernaturally infused child of God. Go after that. Whatever your season of life is, go after this. The third thought over here is generational differences. I, I was talking with a couple of church members this week about all of this, and uh, got a couple of illustrations from both of them, actually. One of them said that they went by, they were walking, I think, in a mall and walked by a cell phone store and looked in, and there was a senior adults in there. It looked like they were taking a class on how to use their cell phone. Some of you may have done that. Anytime that I've talked to anyone who's like, I don't know how to do this thing, and it, you ask them, why, why are you bothering? They want to stay connected, right? They want to not feel like they're being left out. It's an indicator of how our culture is so, and it, it's like moving like this, right? What we're tempted to do in church world is say, well, that's just too much. We can't handle that. We can't be all things to all people. So we're just going to try to figure out how to deal with just one generation, whichever one it is, and we're just going to target that one. Well, guess what? You just alienated everybody else, whichever one you're, you're focusing on. You're just alienated everybody else. And I think we just talked about that. <laughs> you, that's not of God. Another church member told me that the church she grew up in Arkansas uh, it was a church roughly our size, around about 300, back when she attended there as, as a child. Her dad was a pastor there. You know how many people they're going to have there today? Twelve. The reason why? They decided we're going to focus on one generation, and that's it. We can't afford that. You can't afford that. Our community cannot afford that. Why? It doesn't look anything like a supernaturally infused church. Jesus wants his church back. Jesus wants you back. These are just illustrations. What else is God challenging you about this morning? Say, I want you to be that happy tree planted by the rivers of water. Its fruit grows in its right season. Its leaf does not wither. How's your hydrating? How's your infusing? And how's your leaving? Jesus wants us to hydrate well, infuse fruit, and live from his roots. He is the source of life. And so that we can all say this last statement, that God is the vine, we are the branches, and by our fruit, Bradenton will know God. That's John 15 for First Baptist Bradenton. God is the vine. We are the branches. By our fruit, Bradenton will know God. Infuse it. Be consistent in hydrating it. And when Satan wants to challenge you about something that you need some fruit, go after it. Don't be afraid. You don't live from your own source of life. You live from God's. Let it flow. Let him flow. I'm going to go ahead and ask our musicians to come forward. And uh, as they do that, 
I want to actually challenge us generation by generation in the service as we, we're gradually going to stand, but we're not going to stand together. And my challenge to each generation is going to be specific about one of these streams that I encourage you to focus in on. So if you're under the age of 25, I'm asking you to stand right now. If you're under the age of 25, I want to encourage you, those of you, there's about 10 of you in here. We know there's others and obviously in the building. They're all over there mostly. I'm going to encourage y'all to focus on the stream of hope. Why am I telling you to focus on the stream of hope? You have probably 60, 70, maybe even 80 more years to live. Start hydrating well. Start going after the fruit that presents hope for the rest of your life and for everybody else's life around you from here moving forward. If you're between the ages of 40 and 25, would you stand between 40 and 25? I'm challenging you to consider the stream of humility. Why? Good try. Good try, Rick. We saw that. He's confused. Spirit of humility for you at this season of your life. Maybe you are married, not married. Maybe you have kids, you don't have kids. But you have a chance to stay in this place that says, I don't have all the answers. And I need God to give me the answers. And for those people that I am influencing around me, my kids, my parents, whoever, that I stay in this place, that I'm flowing humility. Nobody is beneath my respect. If you're between the ages of 55 and 40, if you'll stand. Everybody stay standing. I want y'all to stay standing if you've already stood. (laughs) If you're between the ages of 55 and 40, I'm asking you to focus on the stream of truth. Why? Because you are the generation that is sort of the bridge between the two younger ones and the two that I'm about to address. You get the opportunity to share truth with every generation around you and sort of build a bridge if we have challenges with this generational differences. You, you have one of the best focuses and perspectives to help us with that. Please stay after that stream in your life, the stream of truth. If you're between the ages of 70 and 55, please stand. You are the generation that may have, honestly, you might have as strong of an identity issue as any other generation. Why? Because you're about to retire, or you already are, or like some shifts are happening in your life, physically, career, whatever. I'm asking you to, to consider what that stream of peace could mean for you and for all the generations around you. Lastly, everybody else that's still seated, if you'll stand, 70 and over crowd, you, I'm encouraging you to go after the stream of grace. Why? Y'all got a lot of living behind you. You got a lot of living behind you. And everyone, I'm in the 40 to 55 group. Uh, Everybody behind you could see so much of the grace of God because of your life. If you'll keep it, keep it hydrated. Not let all, um, you've lived long and Satan's still after you, right? Satan is still after you. Don't you want to just kick him in the head? Get out of my head. That's why it never stops. We never stop growing. We never should stop infusing. As we have our response time this morning, I'm, I'm encouraging you to just come down and, and pray about whatever 
I know, I threw a lot at you. But whatever God has spoken to you about.